Good morning, everybody. My name is Mark, and it's a joy to be able to bring God's word to us this morning. As Pierre said, we, we're busy with um, the series When All Is Said and Done, and working through the Gospel of John, looking at the seven uh, statements that Jesus made, the seven I am statements. And last week, Pierre spoke about uh, Jesus declaring, I am the bread of life. I trust that you were here last week. Wasn't that, wasn't that powerful? Um, and just a reminder of the fact that he's our source, he's our strength, he's everything, and, and he's a feast. And, and we were encouraged and reminded to not live off the leftovers um, when God has invited us to, to partake of a divine three-course meal uh, whose name is Jesus. And so we looked at I am the bread of life, and this morning um, I'm going to share with you the second statement, which is um, I am the light of the world. And my message is entitled, Let There Be Light. So if you have a Bible... Uh, Please go with me to the Gospel of John, chapter 8, and um, we're going to read a few verses together this morning. We're going to start in verse 12 and uh, just remind ourselves of what Jesus said, and then we're going to go back to it and and just see the context within which he spoke, and there's some things I believe that God wants to say to us this morning. So let's read together John, chapter 8, verse 12. Um, It says the following, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Shall we read that again? When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Okay, powerful statement. Um, And I think when I read that statement, as well as the other seven that we are working through at this time, I think, firstly for me, it's a statement of his identity, Okay, Jesus declares, I am the light of the world. He's saying, this is, this is who I am. I, I, I'm, I don't just bring light, I am light. This is who I am. But I also believe that in each of these seven statements, as he declares who he is, he's not just declaring who he is, he's declaring what he wants to bring, and not just to the world, but to your life and to, to my life. And so when he says, I am the light of the world, he, he's not just saying, this is who I am. He's saying, that's what I want to be to you. And this morning, God wants to shine his light upon every single one of our lives and bring freedom. Now, I don't know about you, but I've read this verse a few times. And sometimes when we, we hear things like, I'm the light of the world, I'm going to light up your life. And we, we might respond by going, oh my goodness, if, if he lights up every part of my life, what if, what if I'm exposed? What if, what if the truth of who I am is suddenly laid bare and there's this feeling of like, whoa, you can come so far, but maybe don't come too far. But how many of you know that that's not true because that's not what he's like, okay? When Jesus steps into our lives, despite the fact that he knows everything about us and all the mistakes that we've made, can you relate? Or is it only me? You're still there, okay? Despite the fact that he knows everything about our lives, he chooses to not highlight what's wrong. He chooses to highlight who he's made us to be. Okay, he is full of grace and he's full of truth. So it's a statement of identity, but also it's a statement of what he wants to do and who he wants to be in our lives as he comes to us. And Matthew chapter five, Jesus says this. He says, you are the light of the world. And the point is when when the light of God fills your life, what happens is you become light to the world in which you live. Okay, but now to understand, I believe, this and any passage of scripture, Bible teachers, hey, Ant, you'll tell me this is true, uh, and a legend, and, and can recite almost the entire Bible. He's amazing. But am, am I right in saying that when you are wanting to interpret or understand a passage of scripture, you do so in context? Okay. In other words, you don't just take one verse and go, oh, that's nice, this is what it means. You ask the question, what context was he speaking in? How does this relate to that chapter or even the whole story? 
Okay, so in John chapter 8, we've just read it, he declares, I am the light of the world. But here's the question, what was happening a little bit before and a little bit after to give us an understanding of what he meant by, I am the light of the world? Okay, so let's go back to our Bibles, and let's read a story that probably many of you have read before, um, a really powerful story that, that I believe in, in summarizes what he meant by, I am light to your life. So let's read John chapter 8 and verse 2. Um, as I say, you might have read this story before. It says, at dawn... He appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman who had been caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. Now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down, started to write on the ground with his finger. And when they kept on questioning, he straightened up and said to them, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stepped down and he wrote on the ground. And at this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked the woman, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No, sir, she replied. Then neither do I condemn you. Jesus declared, go now and leave your life of sin. And at the end of that story, as everyone is dispersed, it says they all came back together again, and his first words were, I am the light of the world. What if this declaration of light is a a declaration of what has just happened in the story? What if light comes to not expose, but comes to transform our lives, to become more like him and bring us into greater freedom than we've ever known before. Okay. So, so let's have a look at the story, all right? So, so what's going on in the story is, is that Jesus is talking and teaching the people in the temple courts. And as he's teaching them and he's sitting down, he's teaching the, the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, the, the, the religious people, bring in this woman who has been caught in adultery. Helena, do you mind if I borrow you again? So, so Helena's going to be a little example for us because Pierre has taught me I must always use illustrations. Okay, I'm joking. So, so they, they bring in this woman who has been caught in, in, in adultery, okay? And they bring her and, and they position her in front of a crowd kind of like, like, like we are today. And they put her in front and you can imagine that everybody is staring at her, okay? She, she, she's filled with uh, with guilt. Why? Because she's broken the law. She's, she's sinned against God and she knows that she's done wrong. She knows she's done wrong. God knows. Jesus knows. They all know. And there she is and she's standing with guilt. She's, she's filled with fear. Why? Because they're about to stone her and kill her. And she's filled with shame. And there's this, this woman standing in front. What, what does it feel like to stand in front of everybody knowing that that might have been, not that it was, your story? She, she feels exposed. Okay. And maybe, maybe you've had that before in, in, in your life where you know you've done wrong and, and, and you're you, you, standing in front of maybe God or people and there's the sense of being exposed and here she is and she's terrified and she's filled with fear, she's filled with guilt, she's filled with shame and they come and they say, Jesus, this woman, according to the law, she must be stoned for what she has done. And what does Jesus do? He gets down on the ground, on his knees, maybe sits down and it says he begins to write in the sand. People have got all sorts of ideas as to what they think he wrote. 
If you Google the story, people, you will find sermon after sermon. This is, the truth is we have no idea what he wrote. Okay. But watch this. When that woman is standing there and all these people are staring at her, waiting to judge her, waiting to condemn her, the eyes of the accusers are on whom? Are they on her? But Jesus gets down and he begins to write in the sand. And where do the eyes of the accusers go? Off of her and onto him. Why? Because he wants to take that off of you and put it upon himself. And he died on the cross so that you would not be condemned, but that you could be filled with grace and forgiveness. Isn't that beautiful? Okay. And so he comes to this woman and, and he, he lifts condemnation and judgment off of her. He, he liberates her physically from the assault that's about to come her way. He takes shame off of her and one by one they leave until only it's him and her and she looks, he looks at her and says, where are your accusers? They've gone, she says, and the Lord says to her, neither do I condemn you. Now woman, go and leave your life of sin. What a powerful story, isn't that amazing? So we finish that story, they've all dispersed, they come back together, and the next thing Jesus declares is this, I am the light of the world, whoever walks in me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And I think what he was saying was, this is what I do when I step into a person's life. I don't judge, I don't condemn, I liberate, I rebuild, and I put your life back on track to go be the person that I always saw that you would be. Amen? So when I look at the story, there are three things that stand out for me that I want to share with you. Firstly, I think the story is a story of freedom. Okay. Would you guys agree with that? It's, it's a story of liberty. It's a story of, of freedom. And, you know, Paul writes in the book of Colossians, chapter 1 and verse 13, and it says this, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. See, this woman, as she came and was brought before all these people, would you agree? She was living in, in, in darkness, but more than that, I think that she, there was darkness of, of fear and shame and lies and all these things over her, and Jesus came and he liberated her in one moment from the kingdom of darkness and repositioned her into the kingdom of the son that he loves. The point is God comes and steps into our lives and he liberates us from fear. He liberates us from sin. He liberates us from lies and he repositions us so that we can be the people that God always saw that we could be. Now, I don't know, maybe this morning, there are people here and you say, Mark, I've, you know, I've been going to church or whatever, I, I, but I've never actually given my heart to Jesus. I believe that this morning that the Father is here, the Holy Spirit is here, and he is so excited about you. He loves you, and he wants to reposition you from darkness and from confusion to a place of light and clarity so that you can see who he is, who he says you are, and what he's done for you, and the life, the plan, the purpose that he has for your life. But I, I, I believe, am I right in saying most of us here this morning, how many of you have given your life to Jesus? Wave at me, if you've, you've given your heart to Jesus, okay? Most of us here this morning have done that. But how many of you know that our lives are like a house that are filled with all these different rooms? Your relationships, all different aspects of your life, your, your, your thought life and so on. And, and Jesus comes and he wants to turn all the lights on in every single room. But if we're honest with ourselves, there are probably rooms in our lives that we're kind of like, no, you can't come there, <laughs> Am, am, is, that, is that true? And, and some lights are on, but there's some rooms where, where, it's, where it's dark. And Jesus wants to come and he wants to light up that room, not to take away from you, but to give you life. You know, Pierre said to me during worship, he said, Mark, I feel like there's people here this morning who there's certain things in their lives that they kind of, kind of treasure so much that there's a fear that if Jesus comes in, oh, he's gonna take it all away. And that's just not the truth because everything about God is good and he wants to liberate you to bring you into the fullness of his plan and purpose for your life. So you can trust him. He's not gonna come and take away. 
unless it's things that are damaging you, in order for you to enjoy him and all he has for you. So why don't we let him in this morning and say, Jesus, come and, come and shine your light on my life. Come and liberate me. Come and set me free. Pull me out of darkness that I might be repositioned and rebirthed into his marvelous light. You know, about two weeks ago, I had an amazing time. And one of the things that I do is I run what we call these immersed uh, weekends and it's a real journey into the Father's heart. And two weeks back, I, I was privileged to go away with 40 men from another church here in Somerset West and we had a men's weekend away and we did this, this journey into the Father's heart with them and we, we had an incredible time. Um, and it started on the Friday night and, and, and one or two of the guys could only come on the Saturday. And, and so I got to meet loads of them on Friday night. But Saturday morning, this one guy came in and he arrived and he sat at the back and I looked at him and, and I didn't have a chance to meet him yet. And I watched him kind of engaging, interacting. But you know, sometimes you can look at someone and you can just see his pain. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, there's this darkness, this cloud, this like, God, he, he doesn't yet know how good you really are. And he went through all the sessions and, and on the Sunday morning, we finished our time and everyone packed up and they started to go. And it was just my friend who'd organized the camp, plus me, plus this man. And he was really helping and he was so kind. And I went up to him and I said, hi, I just introduced him. We had a little moment together. And, and he started telling me his story. And he said, you know, Mark, I, I didn't even want to come this weekend. He said, my wife kicked me out the door and said, you're going. And he said, I didn't even want to be there. I'm being complete. I didn't want to come. I said, that's okay. And he said, if I'm really honest, I haven't picked up a Bible in 12 years. He said, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not walking with the Lord. He said, but something's happening in, in my heart. And we sat together and we talked and, 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 we, and we, we shared and I began to minister God's love and kindness towards him. And he sat there and we sat together on chairs next to each other and he just began to weep. And I, I, I like to cry every now and again. And I began to weep with him and we wept together. How cool, two men weeping together. Glory to God, hallelujah. I'm not ashamed, that's all good. And, and we finished praying with about an hour together, just ministering, just letting Jesus come, letting him, let him, him bring his light. And he opened his eyes and it was like, God, you've just given him new eyes. And all that darkness and heaviness and, and oppression that was around him whew, just disappeared in a moment. Isn't that beautiful? You know, that's what he does. He doesn't light up your life to expose your sin. He lights up your life to bring you into freedom because he created you to be someone and he called you to do something and everything about him and his plan for your life is so good. But as we walk through this journey of life, stuff happens it kind of brings a bit of darkness. And maybe there's people here this morning, you're living in fear. Maybe there's lies that have gotten into your life. Jesus wants to come and untie you and liberate you so that you can be full and you can be free. Does that make sense to anybody this morning? Okay. So number one, I think that the story is a story of, of freedom. The second thing that I think that the story is about, it's, it's a story of, of formation, of reformation. So, so this woman um, probably had a, a bit of a reputation Okay, living in a village, people probably knew her, they brought her in. All of a sudden, this accusation comes towards her, and, and this kind of identity is sticking to her. Does that make sense? And Jesus comes, and he liberates her, number one. But number two, as he takes that sense of shame off of her life, as he goes, I don't condemn you, I don't judge you, and all the people disappear, it's just him and her, there's freedom that comes. What is he doing? He is reforming her life. He is, he is reforming her identity. He's reforming her reputation. That he's saying, no longer, woman, do you need to be defined by your past. I've stepped into your life. You're a new creation. Jesus says, 2 Corinthians 5, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. So he steps into her world and he begins to rewrite her story. You know, as I was praying and preparing for this weekend, I felt like God said, Mark, today I'm going to rewrite people's stories. He wants to rewrite your story. 
He wants to take your life like the potter and the clay, Jeremiah 18, remember that story where, the, where Jeremiah goes down to the potter's house and he sees this piece of clay on the potter's wheel and it's a prophetic picture of our lives that the father wants to come and he wants to mold and shape your life into something beautiful. He takes this woman's life and he remolds and he reshapes and he puts her life back together again. Why? Because he doesn't just want her forgiven and free. He wants her to begin to do the thing that she was made to do. And so he comes and he takes our lives and he begins to rebuild our lives. Pierre spoke about Nehemiah a moment again. Didn't we do a series recently on Nehemiah? The beautiful thing was it wasn't just about a city. This is about my heart, that God wants to rebuild the walls of my life so I can be whole and all that he's made me to be. So he liberates, he frees, but then he begins to reform our lives into something beautiful. Do you remember that story in the Gospels when Jesus was going to heal somebody and on the way there was a woman who had been bleeding for 12 years? Remember that story? And, and, and if you haven't read the story, but, but she'd been suffering tremendously and, and, and had been bleeding for 12 years. And, and what you need to understand in that culture, in, in Old Testament, although this is the beginning of the New, Old Covenant, okay, what happens if you, if you were bleeding, you were, you were seen to be unclean. And if you touched anybody or anybody touched you, automatically your uncleanness went to that person. They were made unclean. And in order to be made clean again, you had to go through this whole process of ceremonial cleansing in order to come back. Watch this. She was not suffering only physically. She was suffering relationally. Why? Because she was an outcast. Nobody wanted her. Can you imagine the pain and brokenness of not being wanted for 12 years? So she pushes through the crowd. She gets to Jesus, touches the hem of his garment. The power of God flows, heals her body, but not just her body, heals her heart. He reforms her life. He remolds her. He rewrites his, her story that one day people could read and go, isn't God amazing? And guys, I feel like that's what Father is doing this morning. As he comes as the light of the world, he's coming to liberate, but he's coming to rebuild your life. He's coming to reform your life. He's coming to rewrite the story of your life that the world could look at your life and read your story and go, wow, isn't Jesus amazing? Look at what he's done. Does that make sense? Okay. The third thing about the story is that I think it's a story of, of, of Jesus filling a woman's life with new purpose. He fills her. So he gets to the end of that story and he's, neither do I condemn you, anyone. And then he turns to her and he says, now woman, go and leave your life of sin. What's he doing? He's saying up until this point, you've lived for this, you've lived for that, you've lived for your material needs, whatever it might be. From this point onwards, I'm gonna fill you with meaning and purpose and I'm commissioning you to go and live the life that I've called you to live. And God does the same with us. He wants to fill us with meaning. He wants to fill us with purpose. He wants to help you to understand why you're alive and say, come on, child, go and do the thing that I've called you to do. So at the end of the story, we read, I am the light of the world. And I think that light coming into our lives looks like freedom. It looks like reformation. And it looks like being filled with God to go and do what he's called you to do. Does that make sense to anybody? Okay. So last week, can I tell you another story? So, so last week, maybe 10 days ago, I um, had breakfast with a friend of mine who lives in this area, he's from another church, and um, we've gotten to know one another over the last couple of years, and we met up for breakfast at a coffee shop just down the road here, and, and we came together, and we ordered some coffee and whatever, and I looked at him, and I'm like, something's not right. I can just feel, I can just see there's just, it's not himself, and I said, what's, what's up? And he, he said, can I share with you? And he started sharing with me, and, and as he was talking, he was saying, you know, Mark, I... I don't know if I've messed up my life. I don't know if, if God has taken his call off of my life. I don't know if I'm still qualified. I don't know if I can do this anymore. 
And I'm listening to him speak and I'm going, my man, that's not true. That's not the God that I know. The gift and call of God is without repentance. And I'm sure, you know, like, listen, I've made a million more mistakes than you have and God still loves me and he's still proud of me. Amen, Pierre? Are you proud of Hallelujah? Thank you, Jeff. And I look at him and I'm going, I'm going, okay, that's not the truth. So as I'm talking to him, this picture forms in my mind of him as a young man playing rugby, okay? I'm like, where did that come from? I didn't even know if he ever played rugby. I've only known him for two years. I see, I see him playing rugby and I see it's the beginning of the second half. And I see that he's in the back line and he's waiting for the ball to go and score a try and just like, man, this is what I was made to do. So I said to him, I don't know if it makes any sense, but this is, as you've been talking, this is what I see. So I share that with him and he just, he just starts to flood the table. I'm like, what's happening? Tears are just everywhere. And he says to me, Mark, when I was 15 years old, I was playing rugby and I was, um, I was in the scrum, which they, they do all the dirty work, yeah? They're just beating everybody up and trying to get the ball. And the backline players, they're the glory boys and they go to score the tries. And he said, I, I was in the scrum. He said, but I never told anybody my dream was to play in the backline. I wanted to score a try. I'd never scored a try before. So he said, I told nobody, but I prayed one night. I said, God, if you're real, I want to play in the backline. Told nobody. Arrives at the game on Saturday. He's supposed to play flank in the forwards. And the coach comes to him and he says, just, just, by the way, this week, I'd like you to play on the wing. I'd like you to play in the back line. He said, Mark, I got the ball and I scored a try for the first time. And I said to him, here's the thing. God wants you to know he's real. But he's saying, forget about the first half. I'm cheering you on. Go run the race that I've called you to run. And in that moment, we sat in the coffee shop and we, I was crying by that stage as well and we're flooding the tablecloth and it's chaos and everyone's there. And I'm like, I don't care about you. We're gonna pray right now. Glory to God. So we're praying. And you know what? Like the first story I told you, in one moment, Jesus set him free. This last week, he phones me. He says, Mark, I've gotta tell you, my life has completely changed. So I feel like I can see again. I know why I'm alive. I've got purpose and I'm gonna run the race that God has called me to run. And he's filled with fire and he's filled with passion. What happened? The light of the world stepped into his heart, didn't judge him, didn't condemn him, reformed him and said, right, it's time that you're gonna do the thing I've called you to do. Does that make sense? And guys, I feel like this morning, Jesus being the light of the world, is not just theory. Okay, I, I, if, if you know me and you know these amazing leaders, like, do you know what? We don't want to just talk about the theory. We wanna, we wanna do the stuff. Are you with me? In other words, we're like, like, Lord, if that's who you are, let's make space for you to come and do that in, in, in our lives. But before I do that, let me say one more thing. When I look at the life and the ministry of Jesus, up until this point, what I've shared with you today has predominantly been the journey of the heart. He comes and he liberates the heart and he reforms the heart and he, and he puts you back on track and it's like a train that he puts back on the tracks. It's predominantly what I've shared is the journey of the heart. But when you look at the ministry of Jesus, I, I'm astounded by this. Read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He didn't come only for our hearts. He came for everything. Have you seen that? He came for everything. So, so if someone was sick, he didn't go, I've only come for your heart. Sorry, stay sick. Like, what? No. Jesus came from heaven to earth to bring heaven to earth. Jesus came from light to darkness to bring light to darkness. And when light invades the world, it doesn't just touch your heart. It touches your mind and it touches your body. It heals you. It sets you free and gives you like, did you watch that program, Extreme Makeover? Home Edition? They re, like, he wants to give you Extreme Makeover You Edition. I don't know what you want to call it. He, he wants to come and completely turn your whole life and world right side up. That is spirit, soul, and body. And so this morning, we're gonna pray for people. We're gonna pray that God would, would come and liberate. We, we, we're gonna pray that God's gonna rewrite your story. 
We're going to pray that God would put the train back on the tracks and say, come on, this is the journey I have for you. But we're also going to pray for God to touch people in their hearts, their minds, but in their bodies as well. At the end of the first service this morning, Pierre mentioned briefly, we had an amazing time. People came forward and we prayed for them. Um, and, and, and God didn't just touch people's hearts, he touched people's bodies. Am I right, Pierre? You, you and Ricky prayed for a guy who had elbow issue, is that correct? Someone else did. Ricky, did you do that? You prayed for someone? And, and at the end of the prayer, short prayer, wow, all the pain had disappeared. There was a lady who came down and she said to me, could I pray for her? And she said, I've got pain. I've had excruciating pain in my back and I've got two knee replacements and I can hardly walk. And she said, I've got fibromyalgia and I'm not a doctor now, so I don't know what that is. But she told me every part of my bones and joints are constantly in pain. I'm, const- she said, I'm in pain right now. I said, okay. So I took her by the hand and I, and I just said, Holy Spirit, would you come and would you touch her? And then we waited. And I looked at her and I said, how are you feeling? She opened her eyes. It's gone. I'm like, what you, like, like, hang on. Don't say that to impress me. Be honest with me. Like, no, it's gone. I'm like, what do you mean it's gone? He's like, no, there's no pain. Really? And there's no pain? And we're like, why am I surprised? I should be like, yeah, that's, that's normal. Like, what do you expect is going to happen? Like, I mean, hello. But even that, God wants to reframe our thinking, reform our thinking that heaven on earth is normal. Hello, I'm going to say that again. Heaven on earth is normal. And the kingdom of God is not for a distant future, it's for now. The heavens, kingdom, the kingdom of God is not just some future hope, it's a present reality that is here right now to touch your heart, heal your body, and set you completely free. And that, I believe, friends, is what Jesus being the light of the world is all about. <laughs>